I've been once before to hike the trail named Laurel Loop with my son. I'd read about a few of the stories, woman in white, disembodied screams, colonial graves, and long abandoned foundations were some of the reported finds. Certainly the trail delivered with the gravesite, that was cool, the stone walls and the foundations, but thankfully nothing that would scare my son that particular day. I haven't paid Pawchog State Forest much attention until this past weekend. I started scrolling through all trails to find something to take my son away from his Nintendo Switch. That's when I came upon the Misery Loop Trail, a short three mile hike with a few hundred feet of elevation. And it was only a 30 minute drive. I thought what better way to spend the morning. I hadn't really thought about it at first, but as we're getting into the trail I started to ponder why a place like this would have the name Misery. The campground at the base of the small mountain bore the same name and eventually I had to know why. Turns out, there's a long history about the area, about how Voluntal got its name, how Pawchog State Forest has 27,000 acres, and why names like Bear Hill, Stone Hill, Hell's Hollow, and Mount Misery adorn the local maps. Welcome to episode 6 of the Tales, Trails, and Taverns podcast. So last Sunday, I slept in a little bit, but when I finally got up, made coffee, made me and my son breakfast, I figured I wanted to get outside. We had plans for the afternoon, but it was a, such a nice day, I wanted to enjoy it. Also, I didn't want him to be on his switch any longer than he already had been. The kid gets up at 6.30 in the morning, jumps on the thing immediately. So, when I saw there was a two-mile trail up a small mountain with only a 30-minute drive, I figured that's what we were doing. Last winter, I had taken him hiking on the Laurel Loop Trail. He did really well. I was surprised at the time he did the three and a half mile loop with no complaints. My son is seven, so sometimes he'll go several miles and not bat an eye, and other times he'll be a quarter mile in and he's dragging his feet, complaining that he's bored, asking me when we're going to be finished with it, basically. So anyway, I tell him we're going to climb a small mountain. He's into it. Good enough. Unlike the Laurel Trail Loop, you don't have to drive down any gravel roads to get to the trailhead. The parking area is around a field right next to the Mount Misery campground entrance. From there, you walk a short distance down a gravel road to the trailhead. Unfortunately, there's no parking directly at the trailhead. I should also note that there are a lot of gravel roads running through Pawtrock State Forest that are open to motor vehicle traffic. So, many people use these roads to hike, bike, ride horses. And uh, just keep in mind that you might come across a car, or a truck, or a motorcycle when you're on the gravel roads. Once on the trail, we saw ferns, some swampy areas, and it wasn't long before we started to climb. There were enough switchbacks to make it seem not as steep, and it was very rocky. Almost immediately, my son started saying how tough it was, and I kept him encouraged and telling him that it was worth the hard work to see the top. He kept at it. Pretty soon, we crested the first section. The trail has some really cool cliffs even towards the beginning. We stood on one big rock that had probably a 30 foot drop right there down to the forest floor and I made a couple of remarks that we were just we were just down there pointing at the uh, what looked like the trail below us and then we kept heading down. 
Eventually the trail hit a second climb, this time taking us to the first overlook immediately before the summit. This is where I took a nice panoramic video that I later posted on Instagram before realizing that at the very end, you can hear my son asking if he can go pee somewhere. <laughs> uh, last year there was one weekend when we had gone hiking a couple days. And after the weekend, he went back to his mom's house. And later that day or the next day, she texts me and she says, Hey, your son's been saying some weird things. And I'm like, what? What's he saying? And she goes, uh, every time he has to use the bathroom, he tells me that he needs to see a man about a horse. I'm like, yeah, that's, uh, that was me. I told him to do that. Anyway, back to Mount Misery. So from the top, there's what looks like a little loop on the map. What it actually is, is two trails up to the summit from a gravel parking area on the western side of the slope. One goes almost straight up a rock, and the other is a less steep option, kind of goes around. The gravel road goes out and along the back side of the mountain and then reconnects with the main gravel road. I didn't want to do the out and back, so we opted to take the gravel road back to the Jeep. I had assumed that this road would have been gated off at the main road, but it wasn't. If you really wanted to, you could drive up the fire road, park at the loop, and take the very short path to the Mount Misery Overlook. Maybe another time I go out there, I'll do that. After the hike, we took to the gravel roads with the Jeep. The forest is absolutely beautiful this time of year, and it was a great day to be outside. Even just cruising back roads with the windows down. Like I said before, there were a lot of people using these roads too for various activities, so we took it slow. Passed a few people hiking, some people walking their dogs. I came to an intersection after taking a right-hand turn. I saw a group of equestrians ahead, a bunch of people on horseback. Uh, I stayed way back. I waited. You know, I didn't have anywhere particular to be, and I figured that when they got to a spot that it was safe for me to pass, they'd, you know, let me know. People in the back kind of looked back and saw me back there, so I figured they had a plan for it, or eventually would. And after only a minute or two, they started going into the woods on the left side one by one, and when I finally got to where they had disappeared, I saw that they had all headed down an equestrian trail off the side of the road. The last people I saw out there in the gravel road were two motorcyclists. I pulled over to one side and let them pass before coming to the end of the gravel road into a little neighborhood. After the break, I'll tell you some of the history of the Pawtuck State Forest nearby Voluntown, Connecticut, and some of the ghost stories told by the people who frequent the area. Beyond the Shadows podcast. In the darkest corners of our universe lie spaces where even the light won't go. Places where terror and the unknown lurk, always waiting. Join Ryan and Scott on the Beyond the Shadows podcast as we pull back the curtain and peer into the darkness. We'll examine hauntings, true crimes, mysteries, UFOs, exorcisms, reincarnations, mysteries, and all things dark. Join us as we go Beyond the Shadows. The name Pachak comes from the Native American term for bend in the river. The area had been inhabited by the Narragansett, Mohegan, and Pequot tribes who were relentlessly pushed out by white settlers in the 1700s. A settlement was established along the Pachak River called Voluntown. The land the town was built upon was initially granted to veterans of King Philip's War and was originally called Volunteer Town. In 
this is actually very interesting to me because of all the other places in Rhode Island that I've been looking at, or looking into rather, that has a connection to King Philip's War, particularly everything that connects to the Great Swamp Battle, or more accurately, the Great Swamp Slaughter, for those who know. But that's for another episode. Once there, the settlers realized how bad the land was for agriculture. Being littered with stones, sand, and hills, the people could barely make a living. In the 1700s, the Connecticut General Court deemed the area to be unsuitable for settlement. Honestly, reading that the first time doesn't surprise me one bit. Knowing that the Marine Corps base known as 29 Palms was originally declared unfit for life by the Navy, and then the Marine Corps was like, we want it. Give it to us. We'll make people live out there. Good for training. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me that the government would give veterans land that's basically unfit for settlement. That they even say is unfit for settlement, actually. So, people tried building mills along the river, but new technology kept making the mills obsolete, or at least unprofitable, and by the time the Great Depression, Voluntown was all but abandoned. The Potshock State Forest was established on land no one wanted, and the government was able to buy the land back cheap from people who were trying to get out of the area. This is the reason Potshock now stands at a staggering 27,000 acres. I will tell you real quick that Voluntown is still there. It's small, the population sitting at 2,570 people in the 2020 census, and it's really not much more than the 1930 census of 651 people. One of the most popular ghost stories is that of a witch named Maud. Stories say she was executed, but historians who have looked into the story didn't find anything to back up that claim. But there is a grave atop a small hill on Hell Hollow Road, near the foundations of an old farm. And people have claimed that the spirit of Maud will chase you away from the gravesite. People have claimed to have heard the cries of a young girl, had stones thrown at them, and there are numerous sightings of orbs, cold spots, and mists. Known as Maud's Grave, it originally had a stone cross, but was so prone to theft and vandalism that now the spot is marked by a pile of stones. Interestingly, in the remote part of the forest, in what's known as Hell's Hollow, there's another grave, a broken headstone that also reads Maud. There may very well have been two Mods, one a witch, one a young girl who lived at the farm on Hell Hollow Road, and both their graves are very haunted. Another spirit said to haunt Hell Hollow is that of a native girl, one who was brutally murdered by settlers in the 1600s. Hunters in the area have reported disembodied screaming, howling, or shrieking. I had read this story back before I hiked Laurel Loop. I, I thought the one that I had read before had described the native girl as a chief's daughter, but I can't really remember. But I do remember that the story described the events as being disembodied voices and screams and a woman in white. Pretty cookie-cutter haunting, if you ask me. Woman in white. And not exactly the same as what I would say is another cookie-cutter haunting, but... There's a musket-carrying soldier that's said to patrol a section of Breakneck Hill Road. He's known as the Breakneck Hill Guard. According to author David, David Trifolo, the soldier's been seen as far back as 1742. David himself claimed to have seen the spirit, slamming on his brakes to keep from hitting him, only to watch it vanish before him. And if that wasn't enough to keep you from venturing into the wilderness, there's also the reports of a misty black shape not really much of a backstory to it, but the mist is said to be about 15 feet long and has a habit of following hikers through the woods. It sort of moves about the forest following hikers and sometimes will rush toward them, 
only to vanish afterwards. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to see pictures or video of my misery, be sure to follow along on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Threads, or TikTok at Tales, Trails, and Taverns. If you have any suggestions for spooky places to visit, DM me on Instagram. That's the easiest way to reach me. Check out some other great spooky podcasts like Beyond the Shadows. Ryan and Scott have shown me a lot of love on Instagram and given me some good pointers. I can't thank them enough. I've told a couple ghost stories in their fire pit segment. And if I could just see some more ghosts on my haunted hikes, I'll be able to send them some more. You know? I've also told a couple ghost stories for the drive-by ghosting segment of the Ghost Hunting in New England podcast. I'd really like to see them come back and do another season. Amelia and Beth, get on it. If you know you want to go to their, you want to go to their Instagram and give them some suggestions. Get back on it. You know. Anyway. If you haven't already, click the follow button, leave a five-star review. Until next time, get into the woods and find your spirits. Thank you.